We come into this world innocent and full of light. At some point, we find ourselves broken. This podcast explores the journey back to wholeness, back to yourself, and back to the light. My name is Gina, and this is The Healing Being. All right, welcome, Zahira. Thank you so much for joining me and our guest uh, co-host, Ali, today to talk about your journey and your spiritual journey. You know, I don't really like doing big introductions because I feel like everyone really has something to offer. You know, it doesn't matter what certificate or what numbers or not numbers, but letters you have after your name, because everyone's in this human body kind of living their own life and learning in their own path in their own way. And I think I kind of feel like everyone sort of has something to offer. So um, I'm not going to do a big intro. I'm just going to say that we're happy you're here. <laughs> and I'm very happy to be here. <laughs> thank you so much. And I guess since I'm not going to do a big introduction for you, maybe um, I think Ali had a question about your your company or the name of your company that maybe we could just start with. Yeah, Sounds so, so whisper, Whispers to Wholeness. Um, where did that come from? Whispers to Wholeness. Well, for a small introduction, uh, because I re- I can relate to Eugenia saying, well, not really into the labels. And when you do an introduction, you usually tell a story with like your labels or how you identify and trying to like stay clear of that. But in the past, uh, I was very connected to that. And that was my profession as a pharmacist. Although slow, like within me over time, I would say there were like whispers or an inner voice saying things like, you know, maybe this is not for you. You're meant for something else. Or when I was in a deep meditative state or and I would write things, I would write a whole other path that now over the years, a lot of things have happened. I realized that in the beginning, there were already whispers nudging me in a certain direction. And I think those whispers are here, of course, to nudge you in the direction of your path towards your most whole self. So kind of think that's where it came from, uh, the whispers to wholeness. Yeah. Just to, yeah. to dive in and ask you quite a deep question to start with, if that's all right. There's often on the non-dual path a lot of discussion about free will. Where you can't do anything, you're here. I mean, Jim Jim Newman is, is probably the top one for this. You can't do anything. There's no point in this meeting, you know, or what we're all doing here kind of thing. But when you're talking about kind of whispers to wholeness, to me, even in that kind of context of no free, free will, there's still a response to stuff. So I suppose what I mean by that is the way I take that is in there was these whispers and there was a kind of... um there can be a reassurance or a kind of a knowing behind that you're kind of being taken down a river and you can trust in that I think is maybe the way I would think about it is that is that how you feel or do you have a slightly different perspective no I think you touched on touched right on it the whispers are like a knowing indeed like from within you know that you can trust them but once the mind comes into play you kind of don't trust it and there's a whole you get carried away with your mind and then the whisper because it's so soft is lost or moves to the back. <laughs> yeah. I think the first tech like question that I'd written down to ask you makes sense to throw in here is like, how do you define the word wholeness? Like what, what does wholeness mean for you? Wholeness for me, when I look at 
where I was and how connected or how only basically my mind and my thoughts existed. Wholeness to me is realizing that we are so much more than just our our thoughts our mental body that we're so much more than the physical part when we start to realize we also have emotional part that we have an energetic field and also a connection to the divine so the spiritual part of us and the wholeness is the embodiment of all of it being in touch with all of it having the balance in both like in both your human parts and both your um, divine spiritual parts so that that to me is wholeness that's um that's really beautiful actually because i I think sometimes there's um i think a a lot of i I don't know how much down the path of non-duality i think you probably followed a slightly different route to wholeness maybe than um than going down a specific kind of seeking spiritual path it sounds like maybe more of a a natural holistic way where you were meditating and then it, it it just kind of appeared to you but i would say when people start to intellectualize it really they're trying to escape from the body kind of escape from the mind you know escape from thoughts so I thought that was a really beautiful way of putting that actually that you're so much more than this it's not it's not because there's one way of thinking about it where it's like well I'm here separate and I feel at one with nature but we're not saying that and we're not saying you aren't this, you are just some ethereal thing that, you know, you can't quite grasp. It's the notion that you're you're both, you're you're this human experience, but you are also the entirety of, of wholeness and the experience. So that's lovely. What do you think it was? Do you do you feel like you had like a turning point in your self-discovery where you had a, any sort of like aha moment where you were like, oh wow, this is there's so, where you had that moment of there's so much more do you think it kind of creeped up on you how did it sort of happen for you I don't think it creeps up on me it was I I, I went through like a big event so like a, a trauma and I kind of was I feel like if I wasn't forced into it I would never die have dived into it and come to realize these things because as I said I was always really in my mind and busy with the next goal so the trauma really forced me to realize okay I actually have a body and the awareness of my body all the emotions that are connected that I started to realize were actually also a lot connected to my body and from there on like I mean when you are in big emotions you're just that that is your reality you are the emotions but once you start processing it you you realize that you can actually disconnect from it and also view it from a broader perspective let's say and when that moment came, I, I was like, yeah, but why does something so big happen? It just didn't make sense that it just happened because, oh, you got bad luck. No, it there was like this knowing like something, there's something more, there's something bigger. And as I started to stay open to that randomly, coincidentally, I don't really believe in coincidence. It came. <laughs> where I thought like via videos or whatever, where it's like, whoa, no, I'm actually having like a a human experience. So there's actually more in control than I think, than I thought. I don't know if it says that explains it clearly, but it's, it was in, it was gradually that I realized like, whoa, there's actually a lot more going on. I don't know. You said a couple of things there that are very interesting, actually. One was, I think the words you used were, oh, 
there's a body here. So what, what do you mean by that? What, what was your experience before that? Were you disconnected, for example? Or, you know, what can you say a bit about that? I think I was very disconnected. Like I said, really only in my mind and only with busy with what's next or what I need to do or um, not really aware of how my body feels and just, you know, being in it or not really aware when my body would signal that I'm actually tired or or when my body would single, signal anything for that matter. No idea. I was just like a head. You could say <laughs> like, a, yeah, all my energy was here. No, no awareness of this. And once the awareness of kind of my body came, which is still a process, because if you are used to flipping, stepping out, it's really a process to learn to stay in. Only after really being in, I realized, oh, wow, things go on in here that are more than just physical. I mean, emotional, energetically, like, whoa. So I think the body is really, for me, one of the gateways to your bigger to the other parts of yourself. That that might link to the the second thing you said then, because you said something along the lines of, "Oh wow, I didn't realize I had this much control." So what did, what did that mean to you? What what do you mean by that? Yeah, I'm I'm trying to say see how I can put it to words because mm. it's something it's real. I get images. What was the question again? <laughs> there was there was a realization. So if, if we paint it as a story, because uh, uh, the mind is quite useful for the mind sometimes as a leading. So there was oh, I'm, you know, I'm just a head. Oh, now wow, there's this experience of the body, and there's all this energetic movement and emotions and all this kind of stuff. And then there was a kind of a realization of oh wow, there's actually a lot more control here than I thought there was. Do you think it connected you more to what was happening versus like the disconnection? I think, I don't know. That's kind of how I interpret it when you said that you felt like there was more control is that there was more going on, like in the sense of it wasn't just happening. There was, it felt like there's there an explanation for it. Does that make sense at all? I mean, is that aligned with what you were saying as far as the body giving you the signals saying, oh, there's more going on here? There's more in control than I thought. Like it wasn't just my mind. It's all of me, my body, my emotions, all of it is all part of it. Yeah, I think when I started to question like, okay, so why is this thing happening to me? Why am I going through all of this? And I think it was to open me up to realizing that there's more going on. Hmm. I wonder if you mean it, not to put words in your mouth, but in a very simple sense that... um you know, there's the old thing, isn't there, where they say a lot of the time you're not hungry, you're thirsty. But because we're so tuned out of our bodies a lot of the time, we're not kind of sensitive to what's going on here, that actually, you know, we're all in the mind and we're just reacting to stuff. Whereas when there's more sensitivity comes in, more awareness, you can kind of pick up on those subtleties. And to me, that would give a much greater sense of control because there's more kind of signals coming in. There's more, there's more understanding of, of this experience, you know, Oh yeah, I am. I'm thirsty. Actually not hungry or I'm tired. Actually, I just realized, you know, I'm tired. And then that control then is, well, I'll go to bed, (laughs) you know, very, very simple. Yeah. I think that's, I kind of see it like um, when you're going to something big, it's like a big blob around your like like a big black blob and you're just it and you're just being it. And then you start 
things start falling into place. Oh, this kind of feels like sadness. Oh, this kind of feels like this. I don't know. You start realizing, you start seeing things around you in the blob. And then at some point you realize like, whoa, I'm at the center. There's this thing around me happening. So that means that somewhere, if I can be aware of all of the, yeah, gray colors within this black blob, that means that somewhere I can actually do something about it. I think I see it like that. It's very abstract, maybe. No, I think that I think that's really clear. It, it's to, it's really just the idea for me anyway. The way I interpret that is just with greater awareness. There's more of a, a natural flow um, because there's there's more information available. So you know, as I said, when you're tired, you sleep. When you're hungry, you eat. Um, you know, when you need to rest, you rest. Um, and that keeps the body in, in a much nicer kind of equilibrium, I guess I would describe it as. Yeah, true, for sure. Because at that point, you kind of realize, oh, what the body needs and that mm. you are the one is the one to give it to it, let's say. Yeah. And I think something mm. that happens with people when they don't, they don't feed their human self or I'm saying feed but the mind starts to take over in its own way and it's not even about the mind it was like let's say we know everyone knows the term being hangry right you know like you're hungry and so you get angry (laughs) it's like Mm -hmm. your body just needs food but then your mind takes it somewhere completely different and then you start getting mad about stupid little things and you're like what is going on and it's all in your mind but in reality like you just needed to eat something (laughs) but but our (laughs) mind will like do these things and make this stuff up and and the next question I was going to ask you is like how how has your behavior changed in your day-to-day as you've discovered more of these things because you know, we're all on this journey and we're figuring things out. And when we have these shifts, a lot, sometimes things will happen. And I, I mean, I kind of want to ask the same thing to Ollie is, you know, we'll have these patterns or habits where we'll change completely based on our new perception of ourselves or our mind or our beings of where we're at. So I'm curious for you, what types of things changed in your day-to-day, in your human life, as you evolved in your self-discovery and awareness of things? I think one of the biggest changes for me was that I just didn't see the point of the nine to five anymore. That was, for me, it was huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was like, like, seriously, this universe is like so awesome and everything is so perfectly put together. And we are here to work um, for 40 hours a week until I'm like, 70 I don't know here in the Netherlands it goes quite it's quite high and it just it just didn't make sense to me and really finding my way in there I'm still in the process uh that was a big shift like what are we doing and in my day-to-day I would say that I, I listen a lot more to the signals that my body gives me so first I would just have a thing a to-do list and we just go you just go mindlessly like this has to be done, bum, bum, bum. I don't care. Just get it done, you know? Now, I kind of question why I do certain things. When I'm with certain people, I realize, oh, whoa, I actually feel tired after this date. Hmm. So there's much more awareness in how I feel. And I'm also more aware about my thoughts. So sometimes a, thoughts, a thought would come in and now I feel like you can sometimes contemplate it a bit more or just look at it and be like, I would... In the past, I would now have reacted and felt completely out of place. And now I see it and I'm like, well, no. 
<laughs> that's beautiful maybe yeah so would you say there is um uh it's difficult to find the words isn't it to try and de- describe these things so there's more kind of detachment from the thoughts but i would describe it as there's there's more detachment but there's a greater intimacy and it's being able to kind of hold that the paradox of those two things oh could you elaborate more about that intimacy yeah so it's probably best for me to give an example when I'm, if I'm, if I'm talking now, for example, right? So before I'd be talking as I am now, but there would be a, a second voice narrative going on the whole time, which is kind of judging the performance of the words that are coming out of the mouth right now. Or, you know, is this making sense? How are they reacting to it? You know, blah, 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 you know, all this kind of stuff. Whereas now it's more, these words are just falling out the way that they will fall out. There's no real, there's no thinking. There's no uh, illusion that um, there's a thinker here that are saying these words that are coming out. They're just coming out. And there's awareness of those words coming out. But in the absence of that second voice, that kind of judgment, it's quieter. So there's, there's just these words falling out. So there's a much, much closer, it's more intimate. It's like um, the crowd has gone and now it's just the band, maybe. Mm. I love that. I would say that I am on my way to that. (laughs) Yeah. That I still hear, like the crowd is still there sometimes, a bit less. And it's easier to say, okay, you just be there. But I feel like I'm still in that process of letting the band play. Yeah, I kind of imagine the mind as like a heckler <laughs> in like a heckler, a heckler. Yeah, when you're in there's a show and somebody in the crowd is just talking, you know, harassing the performers. You know, that I don't know if that the word heckler is familiar to you, but it's yeah, it's like somebody who's bothering the performers. You know, like either yelling things out or just being rude or whatever. So I kind of see you say crowd, but I think that's a bunch of hecklers. <laughs> I think it's a crowd. True. <laughs> Me and my friends, we uh, we had a game that we do. We would name them. Oh yeah. So yeah. <laughs> when something was up, I, we'd be like, "What you got? Ah, oh, Jenna was here again, being so mean to me, like talking in my head." And when you give them names, it's like you can detach yourself from it because it's like, "Oh, this character has come up to take over the show." And <laughs> yeah. yeah, we used to make jokes about that a lot. <laughs> Yeah. yeah that that is actually a therapy technique and then uh, you, you go even step further and you you give it a silly voice and your head yeah, says, yeah, yeah. Donald, <laughs> Donald Duck or something you know <laughs> oh wow wow <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> I do want to I did want to say like I want to make a point for some context in the change for you and leaving you know your nine to five and saying what am I doing is you are in the pharmacy industry right So that's kind of like a very capitalist, you know, so I want to say that there, there definitely are opportunities for a nine to five to be fulfilling, right? It's not like just because you become aware, you realize, oh, I never want to work again. Like that's not our work like that. That's not always necessary, but I hear a lot in the spiritual community, people just frustrated because they work a nine to five, but it's not that it's a nine to five that's frustrating. It's the work that they're doing because a lot of people have jobs in their nine to fives that are fulfilling and that they enjoy and that they like. And 
that are, you know, very serve them in a way. And so I just wanted to also say that just for anybody listening, that just because you're aware or you have a experience where you're questioning things, it doesn't automatically mean like quit your job and stop working, <laughs> you know, like go be, go be a hippie out on the, you know, whatever it's. And, and there was somebody I was coaching at one point and I reminded them and I said, you know, there's find what's in your job that you enjoy, like, because they would complain about their job a lot, but it was very like easy for them. And I'm like, do you realize how you're, you know, you're providing for yourself, you're providing for your family, you're just complaining about it all day. <laughs> you know, you're, you're, it's serving you and, and you enjoy it, but they would always find something to nitpick. So there's always that going in of the mindset of where you're at and what you're doing, no matter what it is. I'm not saying that people can't be unhappy in their jobs, but no matter what you're doing in your life, there's always an opportunity to like find that as a learning experience, you know, and like, obviously for you, you needed to go through that to realize this. And I know Ollie had his own, um, you know, experience and journey and in, in work and stuff. And I guess I'd wonder now, since we asked you what has kind of changed, Ollie, do you want to answer that too? I'm curious. Yeah. And I'll, I'll, I'll piggyback straight off the back of that because I, I mean, I've always thought life is, is a bit odd, <laughs> you know, this, this whole experience, but I even found it odd that I could call it odd because there's nothing to compare it to. Right. <laughs> And if you if you turned up at a Christmas party and everyone was dressed in cat cat outfits, you'd be like, "This is odd." <laughs> then you yeah. only know it was odd because it, that doesn't normally happen, right? So to even call life odd is weird to me. But the deeper I've got into this journey, and I just call it a journey, the more I've relaxed, maybe into life. Maybe I'd describe it like that. The more kind of amazing it appears and it's like whoa what is this about like what am I doing here like what is all this this is incredible really and it's just it gets deeper and deeper and uh, I think I relate that yeah to the to try and answer your question to the everyday to the job to the nine to five it's just the attention is less so on the day-to-day it's kind of it's less so on the to-do list as you as you put it earlier and it's more on the wonder just the wonder of the experience even the smallest of experiences and that does inevitably reframe how you go about kind of thinking about life really um because you you also realize this kind of I don't know about you, but I find more and more paradoxes kind of creep into it because in one breath you're thinking, God, this is really precious and um, fragile and short and fleeting. And then on the other hand, it's like, yeah, but it's kind of infinite and abundant and foreverness, you know. So it's very strange, actually, but it really does frame life differently. I think also maybe... I came on a bit hard with what I said, but I think now that we've talked about it a bit, the core is that, well, that life is also precious and that if you're going to spend your time doing something, there has to be, I mean, life is, to me, I think it's about joy. So there has to be joy in it. Well, look for the things that bring you that joy. I mean, also, and maybe if that's in your nine to five, then yes, that is there. But I think the key was to realize, okay, what am I doing and what do I want to experience? And is what I'm doing now providing that? Yeah, mm-hmm. that was a big one. Yeah. I think that's mm-hmm. kind of full circle 
for like wholeness too, right? Because it's all kind of helping you have that sense of, I'm going to say contentment, you know, like I, I really enjoy that word. I didn't used to, I used to see the word contentment as negative, actually, like to be content with something because it didn't have any uh, emotion attached to it. And I used to be a very emotional person. So to be content, I was just like, oh, no, no, you got to, where's the, where's the feeling in it? You know, <laughs> But yeah. now it feels like being content is really like it. In, in every moment is just holding that can like feeling of being content in, in everything that you're doing, no matter what emotion is coming up or what's arising or what situation or feeling or thought is just staying in that sense of contentment. Like this is okay. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's a really great example of one of the paradoxes that I, I was just talking about really is um, being able to hold the paradox of being content yet still striving for more. And being able to to know that although at first glance it seems like those two things conflict each other, they they don't because you don't need to achieve the more to be content. You're always content, but there's joy in striving for more, if that makes sense. I think what you're talking about, Ollie, is uh, releasing the attachment, you know, of the expectation mm. of of the more because what happens is people want they they'll go for the more but it's out of an expectation and an attachment of like what happens after the more like if a then b and humans really really like that because it's very sure right if i do this then this will happen and that's what i'm gonna do i'm gonna follow the program follow the thing and this is what's gonna happen and uh it doesn't really happen that way most of the time or it does but temporarily and then they realize oh that wasn't really it and then most people just look for the next thing. What's the next ABC that I need to do? What's the yeah. next ABC? Like Zahira, what you were alluding to with your to-do list, it was just always the doing. But I think, Ollie, when you're talking about more, but being content, it's like knowing that no matter what more exists or doesn't exist, you're always fine in where you're at. There's not like this clinging yeah. to more, you know? Yeah. So if you were, uh, if you got into running, say, for example, and, you know, you you, you did 2K, uh, you can be content with that. Uh, But it's also knowing that there's joy in going for 3K next time or 4K or 5K. So there's that striving for more, you know, you're you're wanting to improve, but all the time you're content with exactly where you are. So it's kind of grounding in the present. You're not lost in the future. I'll be okay when I get 3K. I'll be okay when I get 4K. You're always okay because it's always now. But you kind of can strive for more because there's joy in it. Yeah, it's it's a hard topic to try and talk about, isn't it? I see it as a being you are, as you say, okay. But as a soul, I mean, you expansion Mm. is part of it, I think. So you do try to get there physically as well. I don't know how to... I get yeah this image, but I can't bring it forward. <laughs> Hard things to talk about because we're using words and concepts and ideas, and all of our brains work differently. So, in describing it one way, it might make sense to Ollie's brain, but not my brain or your brain, and not mine. And so I, um, I and I appreciate that. I think that's one of the cool things about being here because you know we're all each other. We're we're all consciousness. 
expressing itself through each other, in each other, with each other. So as we talk to each other, sometimes it's like we're just consciousness talking to itself, <laughs> like trying to <laughs> trying to figure itself out through each other. A lot of times I kind of like think that when I'm having a conversation or even just now, I was just like, well, this is so cool that we're here, the three of us, and you know, don't really know each other. And we're all expressing and exploring these ideas of being together with, but we're all the same thing, you know, like we're not really different. I mean, we're, we're humans are different, but underneath we're not. And it's almost like our consciousness is trying to reach itself through each other, through these concepts and words. And I'm not sure where I was going with yeah. that. But <laughs> it's like the, the puzzle, the puzzle pieces are finding their way to make the picture yeah. But make the picture for our physical selves to understand because like the knowing already knows. Yeah. <laughs> the, um, uh, I think sometimes like what you just said, Gina, some, some people take it as a bit of ethereal, but it, it's really just uh, different scales. So what you're saying about consciousness, you know, us three, it's just really one thing going on, consciousness kind of playing with itself really and trying to understand itself but if you really look at your your own mind that's exactly the process that goes on there too you know mm. this thought about this and then this thought about should I do that you know it's exactly the same thing yeah. on a different scale yeah you know? yeah as yeah. a nugget and at the same time we know that there's only one thing going on which is consciousness really having a conversation with itself and that sometimes can seem a bit uh, weird to some people or a little bit ethereal is the word that I would use whereas when you really look at your own experience this is exactly what happens in your own mind you'll be presented with something and there'll be this voice here and that voice there and this memory coming in there and this imagining the future and it's it's consciousness talking to itself within the kind of microcosm of your own mind in exactly the same way that consciousness is talking to itself between three minds now because this concept of you we have to always remember is in itself a concept yeah that's good yeah I like that hmm. I was playing with what? this with, um, with words and concepts and just kind of it's quite fun to play with where concepts break and I, I won't go too much into it because it can be uh, you can get in a rabbit hole. But when we're talking about this subject, for example, it, if you were to look at language, which I really think is just like programming for the mind, it's, it's, you know, it's all concepts. This is what the mind is working off. It's all concepts. So it's very true to say the universe is looking through these eyes. No one can dispute that sentence because this is not separate from the universe you know my body is not made of something different other than the universe so therefore it must be the universe and if it is the universe it's not made of something different you don't cut a slice of cake and then say it's not cake anymore it's still cake then the universe is looking through these eyes and trying to understand itself for what reason never know but that's the mystery I, I think, well, when you were just saying that also, I mean, for the universe, for it to experience itself, if it's just, if you're just you, you kind of can't experience yourself because you are being it at all. So I think that's the whole beauty of it, that it kind of 
went into these different pieces so that it could kind of realize and experience itself from all these different perspectives. I've always thought about, you know, that whole namaste, we are another you and all that, but I think that's a really cool way of putting it because we can't perceive ourselves, but we can perceive each other. And if we are all the same, then we are perceiving ourselves. But I never actually thought of it that exact way. Hmm. That makes sense. And also nothing is, when you really look at experience, nothing is in isolation ever. So even a thought is triggered by another thought. And, you know, what you're saying will be triggering thoughts with me and what I say will be triggering thoughts with you. So, and you're, you know, someone will cut you up in traffic and you have a reaction and thought to it. But in the absence of someone cutting up in traffic, that thought never would have arisen. So mm-hmm. everything is completely interconnected and working yeah. in harmony. It cannot work in isolation, but we feel very separate sometimes hmm. now i'm all like contemplative and like i don't want sorry to... <laughs> I don't want to... i'm like i don't have any words left i'm just sitting here going, yeah. out, out, out of words just being in it yeah just being in it so i do have there was there was a, a question that i liked that i wanted to throw in there is do you have any sort of self-care or a meditation or any sort of practice that might seem like unconventional that works well for you? And I think it's fun to have people share these things because you never know kind of what's going to ring a bell for another being, you know, as far as strategies for being human, <laughs> I guess you could say. I'm going to put it on an energy level. I sometimes, when I know I'm going or when I know I'm feeling a bit off, or when I know I'm going somewhere where I might feel triggered, um, I put like an imaginary energetic egg around me. And that imaginary egg kind of protects my energy and it keeps it for me. And it's with the intention of anything that is not mine to carry, I, I will not take it on. And I will stay within what is mine. That's mm. one of the kind of unconventional things I th- I tend to do. Yeah. That's a great meditation exercise for people who are feeling influenced or whatever. If their mind is easily influenced by other people's mind and other people's responses and reactions. And anytime anybody goes into a social setting, our minds, <laughs> our minds get really excited <laughs> And they light up and, you know, go crazy with all the, all the thoughts. So it's almost like that bubble is helpful to keep your own mind from, from reacting because you're realizing their others, others' minds are not your minds and not reacting as if you would, as if you took that, like you said, taking that on. I think that's an interesting topic of like taking other people's stuff on. I'm not sure where I stand with that right now, but. That might take a long time to talk about. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that's um, probably a whole new subject. <laughs> yeah, I know. Maybe for another another topic. But um, yeah, I feel like this has been really cool kind of getting to know a little bit about your journey. And thank you for your time and for being here. And I will put your uh, contact information in the description and the podcast description. So if anybody's interested in getting a hold of you. I know you do, um, it's like some coaching, right? I mean, we're not talking about labels, but what you, what you do, <laughs> like, 
you help guide people to their to themselves so people can find you there so i'll add that in and ollie do you have any last words for us yeah inspired by you actually because you asked me something very similar when we did the, the first podcast so you said I was very similar, by the way. I had a trauma which cut very deep, and I, I think without it, uh, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have embraced this path. It, it was really a, a mm-hmm. kind of point where I, I had to, you know, I was going to yeah. go mad if not. I needed to find a, a better way to live. I would say describe it as, and it sounded like you had maybe something similar. What do you What do you want to say to people? So they don't have to go through that trauma. What would be your your parting comment, I guess? So they wouldn't have to go through the trauma? Yeah. So someone's sitting down with you before you had your trauma and something they could have said to you that would have would have sent you down this path without you needing to go through that trauma. I mean, may, maybe you just did like me. Maybe nothing would have got through to you. Maybe that just was needed. But that's imagine a parallel universe where someone did come into your life just before what might they have said that would have just sparked the imagination how do you feel <laughs> that's literally weird. that's such a simple question but if you really stop in that being of that question it could be a lot more than just oh I'm fine <laughs> exactly like not here (laughs) but really how do you feel that's beautiful thank you it's a great way thank you guys yeah Yeah. no problem thank you again bye